Welcome to the Field Log Podcast, daily reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I am your host, Hara Sakaria. Field Log, Day 14 Secular Gods Last week, we had two episodes dealing with money. The first was a reading and interpretation of the verse in, I think it was 1 Timothy, where the scripture reads, The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And then the follow-up episode, which talks about why you have to manage the risk of loving money, you have to detach yourself from it, and pursue your earning potential anyway, as a man living the warrior king ethos, because the people in your life depend on your ability to make money. And it was in one of those two episodes that I touched on the idea of loving money being idolatry. I think it was the first one, but I'm not sure. You can go back and listen to both of those if you want a refresher. Maybe I should. Either way, this idea that when we take an object or a person or a concept or an ideal or a philosophy of some sort, anything that isn't God himself, and we elevate that thing above its natural station, right? All the things on the earth are ours to steward. If you read the book of Genesis, the Lord placed us in the Garden of Eden on the earth in general to take care of it, to steward it. We're not meant to worship this creation, but rather the creator himself. And I want to expand that idea a little bit and talk about what I'm referring to as secular gods, right? The the generic idea is always that either you're religious or you're not. Either you worship God or you don't. But the reality is we all serve some master. Everyone does, right? I saw this picture of a billboard a couple of months ago that was a take on the American slogan, In God We Trust, which you'll find printed on all the currency. And it had a picture of Charles Darwin, the man who pioneered the theory of Darwinian evolution. And it read, In Darwin We Trust, or In Science We Trust. It was one or the other. So the reality is, everyone believes something. Even people who are actually well-studied in atheistic philosophies like nihilism or solipsism, who profess these things intellectually, they still worship at some altar. They still believe in some principle. Maybe if you're a secularist, you believe in science above all else. Or you believe in truth. Or you believe in, like Sam Harris, maybe you believe in maximizing human good. Whatever it is, there's some principle to which you have paid your allegiance, intentionally or unintentionally. Now, if you're living the Warrior King ethos and you subscribe to the seven commitments, and you've made those commitments in your life and you attempt to honor them, you'll know that commitment number one is to serving your God and his one holy Catholic and apostolic church, as expressed in the creed of our fathers, the Nicene Creed. So if you're listening to this, I'll assume that that is your worldview. And if you're not listening to this, I'll hope to convince you that it should be. Either way, if you dedicate yourself to the eternal, unchanging, ineffable, unknowable God, 
the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You cannot worship the secular gods. And I'm using that word intentionally, right? Both worship and gods. Because that's what they become to us, right? You could be a Christian. You could pay lip service to the scriptures and to Christ's crucifixion and still value things, turn things into idols that do not deserve to be in that place in your life. For example, let's take the same example from last week, money. You go to church, you read your scriptures, you attend the services, you do your prayers, you observe the fasts, you do all the things. And yet, when you're not praying in your downtime, and of course, St. Paul says we should be praying without ceasing, but I certainly haven't achieved that level. I'm assuming most people haven't. Whenever it is that you're not praying and not thinking about God, you're on Instagram looking at finance influencers and boy, do you have a desire for wealth. You, the aching in your heart is so strong. You're not detached from the money, understanding that it's a tool. You want it badly. That's a secular God. Or if you have an obsession with, let's say, TV or cinema, and you're really immersed in some sort of fictitious universe, like the Marvel Universe or Star Wars or, or even something that has Christian roots like the Lord of the Rings or Narnia, and you're really into it, that's a secular god. Or you focus on your career, which is tangentially related to money, and you work really hard at whatever it is, say you're, I don't know, a real estate agent, and you're always working on networking and setting up your LinkedIn and and talking to other people and those kinds of things. We have to examine our interior life to make sure that we've driven out all false gods, right? And God forbid it actually be some sort of other religious entity. Never that. But beyond that, the gods that pursue us, if you will, and if you've read the Ladder of Divine Ascent, St. John Climacus talks about like the the devil of anger or wrath or the demon of wrath and the demon of lust and the demon of envy. So all of these things, you know, the demon of the love of money and the demon of the love of your career and the demon of secular entertainment. These entities pursue our mental space, our spiritual mind and seek our allegiance, our worship, if you will. To whom do you pledge your allegiance? Nothing can be above your God. Nothing. And you can see this become readily apparent in the way we react to things, right? And none of this is ever binary. It's always a sliding scale. Of course, the the end goal is to fear God and nothing else. Any news you get in your life, no matter how good or bad they might be, have to be to us, like actually the Stoics say, indifferent, right? There is a desirably indifferent and undesirably indifferent state that we see. For example, your health could become a secular God. There's nothing wrong with pursuing health as it helps you in the completion of your purpose, same as anything else. But if you become obsessed with it and you fear the loss of your life or you fear the loss of your health or the loss of the ability to walk or talk or see, of course, these are bad circumstances, terrible circumstances. But the more we cling to these things, the less we cling to God. 
And you cannot be an effective man if you cling to anything that isn't God. Commitment number one, last sentence, given nothing else, I will be content to live in constant communion with Him, God, right? I quote that a lot. So we have to do ourselves and the people in our care the service of inspecting our interior life and asking ourselves, at what other altars do I worship? Right? And I, I've done this reflection and I continuously do this reflection in my own life. And there are certain things that I'm very interested in and very passionate about, maybe to a degree that is unhealthy. For example, for me, one of those things might be fashion. I like fashion. I like dressing well. In fact, I made a field log about why you should dress well. What you shouldn't do and what I certainly shouldn't do is become obsessed with having the newest clothes or, or watch or shoes and anything to the point where it distracts you from what this tool does to serve you. Get your priorities straight. This is a reminder to me just as it is to anyone else. Get your priorities straight. Worship God alone and then value other things to a degree that is healthy. And if you're wondering if something is unhealthy, the very fact that you're wondering about it might be an indicator that it is. Talk to someone who's experienced in these things. Talk to your spiritual advisor. Talk to your priest or your godfather or godmother. Figure out what other secular gods do you worship. And the reason this is so important, not only does idol worship eat away at our souls and destroy our souls, but you can actually see the fruits of the secular God worship in secular people who might not have the instinct to check themselves. Because why would they? If you don't believe the gospel and you don't believe in God, why shouldn't you worship secular gods? Why shouldn't you? There's this very famous video it's floating around the internet and someone sent me a link where a man who is very, very into Star Wars sees a new trailer for a new Star Wars movie. And his reaction was by most people perceived to be comical. And even when I saw it, I was laughing, right? The man starts weeping uncontrollably when he sees a video for a fictional cinematic universe. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized just how insidious that is, right? We're laughing at it. We're dismissing it. Maybe even making fun of him, God forbid. Right? You should never have a laugh at someone else's expense. Of course, I've been guilty of this in the past, but we have to check that instinct. People are people. But this severe emotional attachment to fiction, what do you think a man like that would spend his time thinking about and talking about and doing? And how is that serving him or the people around him? Is a man who cries profusely, right, weeps at the sight of a new Star Wars trailer, is a man like that the kind of man that you call in a crisis? Is a man like that centered and present in his life? Is a man like that concerned with the things that a man should be concerned with, right? Action. Loyalty. My guess would be no. If you look beyond this, you can see people who have an attachment to the secular god of political ideologies, right? Certain people who identify primarily with their view of how politics should work and who should be in charge and how we should run 
the government and the country. Your entire identity becomes invested in this, and it is a very important topic, of course. Of course, especially if you're a Christian. Certain political issues are very important to us. But if, if your primary identity is, I'm a Republican or Democrat or Socialist or Communist or Anarchist or whatever political affiliation you have, if that is an altar that you worship at, that's what you'll think about. And that's what you'll talk about all the time. And while you might squeeze some use out of your expertise in these topics, it will distract you from your purpose. If you love God and you serve God, you will know that the Lord tells us to love the Lord our God and to love each other, love your neighbor as yourself, right? But if you love politics, are you loving your neighbor as yourself? The practical reality is no. People are divided over these allegiances because there is no stop. There is no check in how you treat people who believe other things politically. If you're a Christian, you know that you have to love all people because it's explicitly in the scripture. It's explicitly taught that you, if you criticize, you criticize out of love. If you reprove, you reprove out of love. I want you to be well. I want you to be healthy. Therefore, I want you to have a relationship with God and his church. If you're into politics, the other side's the enemy. If you worship the secular God of politics, the other side is the enemy. The only enemy a Christian has is the devil and his legions. And those who are influenced by the devil are not the enemy, they're confused. And we have to love them. So we have to take stock of our internal life. What other gods have crept in? Do you have a relationship that you've elevated to an unhealthy degree? Right? This can happen in romantic relationships. Is your allegiance to God first or is it to your girlfriend first or your fiancé first? Or your wife first. I was at a wedding once, an Orthodox wedding, where the priest reminded the wed couple after the ceremony, you'd think, oh, this is where we talk about your dedication and your love to each other. And of course, he talked about all those things. But the first thing he said was, remember that you were a Christian before you were a husband, that you were a Christian before you were a wife. Remember that. And remember that the purpose of your marriage is to lead the other person into the kingdom just as the other person will lead you into the kingdom. And this priest was spot on. If we don't have an order of priorities and if we elevate something that is not God to the level of God, to the level of worship, no one actually benefits from this. If you, for example, love your girlfriend more than you love God and say you're a Christian, maybe you're even Orthodox, and your girlfriend isn't, if you love her more than God and she says, I don't want to get married in a church, you pick her over God, wouldn't you? And at that point, you are no longer living the warrior king ethos. You have lost sight of what's important. You have elevated that relationship to God's status. Our relationships can only flourish in the context of our faith. Our wealth can only be beneficial to us and others in the context of our faith. Truly beneficial, right? Our physical strength, our athletic performance can only be beneficial to us and others in the context of our faith. If you worship the secular gods, if you read the news too much, or in my case, honestly, I don't read them at all. But if you read them too much or you worry about your finances and check, check your bank accounts too frequently, 
or if you're watching TV too much and watching the wrong things, you're losing sight of what's important. The secular gods are demons. They distract you from your commitment to your Lord. And of course, I said it before, five, ten minutes ago, I'll say it again. This is a reminder to me just as it is to anyone else. So we have to find, here comes, balance. Same as always. We have to know how to put things in their proper place and treat them with the proper respect. Of course, no less, but definitely, definitely no more. Understand that to be effective in your role as a man, you have to make hard choices. Some people will not understand. Why aren't you going out with us tonight? Oh, I have all night vigil. Or why aren't you drinking today? It's a fast day. Why aren't you watching the newest, biggest horror film? It's bad for my soul. I used to have this problem, right? I loved horror movies, big fan. And one day I was watching a movie at the, at the theater. It was called Malignant. And on my way back, I was so shaken to my core. This movie was so disturbing that I realized this isn't good for me. And the funny thing is, one of my brothers in the church had warned me about this months earlier. He said, listen, you shouldn't be watching horror films, right? He didn't say it just to me. He said it to a whole group of us. He said, you shouldn't be watching horror films. They're bad for you. I said, yeah, you know, maybe you're right about that. I didn't give his opinion the, the proper analysis and reflection it deserved. And sure enough, he was right. Guard your mind. Guard your allegiances. Make sure that you're spending the proper time doing your prayers and in church so that when you're out of it, you can take the orthodox phronema, the orthodox mindset, into the world with you and you can respond properly. For example, I was having lunch with a group of my friends yesterday. And these are this is a group of friends I have that aren't orthodox or even Christian. And um, we're having a good time. We're joking around. We're having conversation. And then somebody says something that is blasphemous. Having taken the orthodox mind with me, or even the Christian mind, I very quickly said, no, that's blasphemy. I said it matter-of-factly to him. I said, blasphemy. I didn't say it in a judging tone, right? Because I understand he doesn't believe that. But I know that as a Christian, if I let blasphemy slide, I'm, wor I'm worse than the blasphemer. I know that. So I have to say, you can't say that. And what that's going to do to the person, he's going to understand that I love you because I said it in a tone that was respectful, but I love God more. And then the blasphemy will not happen around me, which is going to reduce it altogether. And God willing, it might even have an effect beyond when I'm around. So make sure to identify the secular gods that you might be worshiping unintentionally and remove them. Know yourself. Even yesterday's episode about quitting drugs, same thing. If you're worshiping at the altar of drugs, you're not worshiping God. So remember that your purpose as a man, your pursuit of God and living the warrior king ethos is only possible when you put things in the proper order and when you worship nothing but God himself. That's it for today's episode of the Field Log Podcast. 
If you like what you heard today, you can subscribe to this podcast or follow us on whatever platform it is that you're using. You can also leave a review. really helps the show out, especially in the beginning. You can find me on Instagram at XXLHara. You can also find Warrior King on Instagram at warriorking.cx. And you can find us on the web at warriorking.cx for resources like the 2023 Goal Setting Guide, which is a document I wrote to help you set and achieve actionable goals this year, as well as the Warrior King Training Protocol, which is my training routine that I put together over the last 10 years I've been training that'll really help you achieve the strength and the physique that you're trying to build as a man. If any of those resources sound interesting to you, they'll all be linked in the footnotes below. They're all free. Go seek those out. And as always, conquer the day. Mm -hmm.